Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Abby Maslin, and I am thrilled to have contributed to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My essays are called The Pursuit of Becoming and Called to the Page. And what I really don't have time for these days is reading all the emails that come from my kids' schools. Happy reading. Sabrina Benamin is the author of I Love You, Call Me Back. Sabrina is a poet, storyteller, and workshop facilitator. She is one of the most viewed spoken word poets of all time and is the author of the best-selling collection of poetry, Depression, and Other Magic Tricks. Sabrina believes in breaking down stigma around mental illness, women helping women, and ghosts. She lives in Toronto, Ontario. Welcome, Sabrina. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss I Love You, Call Me Back. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. I love this concept 
by the way, moms don't have time to read books. It just like tickles me. <laughs> I actually just got pitched a book called Tickled. Isn't that funny? I don't know. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Your poetry is beautiful. I feel like I've just relived the pandemic in this book. And like, you know, I also want to call my mom who I just saw. But anyway, thank you for sharing your sort of experience. Your well, anyway, maybe I should let you summarize it. Sabrina, what is your what is your book of poems about? Well, I will apologize off the bat because my dog is Mabel, who appears lots of times in the book. Maybe I also used to have a dog named Mabel. Oh, I love that. What a good bulldog. Dog. Bulldog. What kind is your dog? Oh, so cute. I have a long-haired Dachshund. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little miniature. Also slow. Oh, well, my dog Naya is around here somewhere. Yeah, she's on the couch, but you can't even see her because it's she's like camouflaged. But. Oh, that's perfect. Mine is yeah. dying to be on my lap. Anyways, the book is, <laughs> it's kind of like a semi-fictional account. Okay. In some ways, it's very, what is the word I'm looking for? Okay. In a lot of ways, it was birthed during the pandemic. So a lot of the poems did exist before. Like that's kind of where my bones came from. And then during the pandemic, my mom was diagnosed with an aortic aneurysm that kind of like put us all in a little bit of a head spin. And just like having so much time to think about it, I think is where the birth of a lot of these poems came from, because I was really trying to navigate that while also navigating like the pandemic and the loneliness of that. And then the semi kind of fictional stuff is the relationship that happens throughout. That is like a combination of many relationships that have played out in my lifetime. So that's kind of the element of of alternate reality throughout all of it. And I think I do that to cope a little bit in writing, like to cope with what I'm going through. I have to write kind of some kind of fiction into my poems, not feel too vulnerable, giving too much away, if that makes sense. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Because this book does give a lot away, I feel. With the the rest of the poems? Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, it's great. I mean, it's very open. I mean, to be honest, I thought when I first started reading it that it would be mostly about your mother and I didn't have, like, you don't immediately show the time frame, And so I kept reading and I was like, banana bread and TikTok, this must have been last year. <laughs> anyway, not to make light of last year and, and all of the horror and, and everything, but I just meant, anyway, then as the poems go on, it becomes clearer and clearer that they're coping with the craziness that was being, you know, the lockdown and then obviously everything on top of it. And kind of prior to this, I was living alone for a period of time. So it all matched in together, those feelings. This is the poem when I realized, can I read a couple of the excerpts? Is that okay? Okay. The good news. The good news is spring came, came anyway. Hyacinths and strawberry begonias bloomed. Myrtle spilled over concrete corners. Those little lime green plants, the ones that look like Shrek ears, sprouted into high-rise bushes. The robins built nests, their perfect blue eggs, nuzzled in Desiree's mailbox. I checked on their well-being via Instagram. I opened the windows to be part of the world outside. The world is outside, yet it is unfathomable. I stay inside, repotting plants, baking banana bread, learning unnecessarily complicated TikTok dances. And that's what I knew. <laughs> anyway, and then you have this other page I just wanted to like show because when you have the panic attack poem, oh my gosh, as someone who has like tremendous anxiety and panic attacks myself, 
I was like, oh, that's perfect because the page itself seems so chaotic. The way you see all the letters repeating over and over and it like captures that kind of like, like you can't catch your breath thing. And then of course you like go into it. So tell me a little bit about writing and how you have chosen poetry and like form versus content and how you made the decisions because you have all different shapes and sizes of poems throughout here. And some are even more like paragraphs. And anyway, so tell me about that because I'm not a poet. I don't know. Tell me. (laughs) Poetry just feels like a language that I can speak more fluently, if that makes sense. Like it just feels like I don't have to say everything, but I can say some things and allude and get, it just feels like a a comfortable language for me. So that's why poetry, it just like something about it just works for me. I feel like there's poems everywhere and you're just always trying to catch them. And so it just is my language, I think. And then in terms of like content versus form, I think it's a lot of fun to play with form. Form really excites me as a writer. So I really, I find myself wanting to push myself more and more into form as I keep writing. And this book was such a fun exercise and like, okay, if we set it over a month, how does the form get to play out inside of this already kind of month form? And so that was really fun for me. And it felt really like, moments of you kind of when you look through it as a narrative throughout the month you need those little breaks you need those little thought bubbles and I think that played into the shorter poems really well when writing them they were fun to kind of write like reflections or sometimes it would it would be like there's a a little one about Diana Ross about yes I was gonna read that one and then I was like (laughs) is she gonna want to go there I actually dog-eared that page wait I have to find that yeah that was funny it was on the left hold on that one started as a tweet right and so they kind of worked their way in from whatever form yes I have it here I haven't groomed my, you know, since March. And even though I was born in 1987, I think I understand the 70s now. I put on The Boss by Diana Ross and twirl about. I love that. And you have it like all the way down here on the bottom. That was also very clever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Down low, exactly. Down low, yeah. Yeah, and that started as a tweet and then was just like, you know what, I'm going to work that in that it's what's going on. You had another thing where you talk about how you were trying to send clever tweets so much, right? Didn't you say something about... My melodramatic tweet lyrics. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm like a sucker for that. Like any kind of subtext lyric post, I'm into it. (laughs) Wait, how is your mom? My mom is good, actually. She just last week, we found out that she is surgery-free for another year, so... Oh, yeah. what a relief. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Relieved. It is very nice. Yeah. So we're doing good. We're rounding into the holiday season and my mom is a Christmas fanatic. So she's very happy about that. And yeah, things are good. She got to read the book, which was a pleasure because Aww. depression and other magic tricks. Actually, the funny story about the depression poem is that it happened before my mom ever heard it. So when it went online, it was the first time she really heard the poem. She had heard drafts, but it was the first time she saw it and heard it. And so this time around, getting to the pleasure of giving her the book before it's out and letting her read it, just because it's so much about her, was so nice. And she loved it. And so that was really lovely. And so now it's kind of circulating in my family. Everyone's lovely. Yeah. 
I loved also the poem where you have your phone conversation with each of your words, like sort of on the other side and how you're really not addressing, like you're trying to talk about it. She's totally avoiding it. Talking about like, it's just like such a relatable conversation. Like when you're like, what, I can't remember what she brought up. It was someone's anniversary. Oh, maybe that was something else, the anniversary. Anyway, just like the deflection, right? And she's like, doesn't want you to worry. And you can tell so much that she's trying to like deal with her own stuff, but just like, she's like, stop worrying. You yeah. Know? So is she still like that? Is that she her? Is. Sort of <laughs> very yeah. much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. very much. She's more worried. I will tell you, she's more worried about, so my aunt read the book and she was like, you know, you're going to have to change where you hide all the money from that bathrobe because everyone who reads the book is going to know. And she's more worried about that. Oh my gosh. About anything. She just wants everybody to relax and just enjoy, you know, life as much as we can in the time we have. And I think that's the best way to go about it right now anyways. So yeah. Great. Oh my gosh. Well, to be honest, as a mother, and I just happened to have been to a funeral this morning for a family friend. It's okay. He was old. I mean, not that it's okay. He was older and had been sick for a while. It was, anyway, you know, it's not like a tragic early loss or whatever, but it's a loss nonetheless. But why am I even talking about this? I had some point we were talking about, oh, I know, because I was sitting there thinking, you know, as I do, as most people with like anxiety slash depression slash whatever slash just anyone these days, you know, like, okay, so now I'm going to picture my own funeral and like, what would my kids be doing and how could I make it easier for them? And what would I want? And then I was thinking I would probably be acting just like your mom, right? Like I would want, when I talk to my kids, I would want to be like, it's all good. We're not going to talk about me. Like, let's just move on. Cause like, I don't want to waste my time talking about like the stuff I worry about on my own. So I don't know, maybe there's some of that on her side. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was so rambling. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. We actually, we actually lost my grandmother earlier this year. And so there, there's also that, like, you know, when you lose somebody that like time is precious really becomes your outlook for a little while, like yes. becomes that new perspective. And, and on top of what we're already dealing with, I think it's just amplifying this, like, let's spend all this time together and do all these wonderful things. So selfishly, I love all of the like outings we're taking as a family, <laughs> and, like all of that, because it's just beautiful time together. Wow. Wait, so how did you get into this, like back up with your life and how did you end up writing your other book and all of that? Yeah. So when I was 23, I had a tumor in my thyroid the size of like a little squash ball. So it was about my pinky finger in diameter and it stuck out. And it was this joke that my friend made to me where he was like, oh, it's because everything you always want to say, you swallow. And so like you, you, you do that to yourself and all that writing you do, you should share it. And so he kind of talked me into signing up to this spoken word workshop, which I went to. And it was the first time I had shared my work with anyone. And that led to open mics, which led to slam, finding slam poetry and slams in Toronto. And I started doing that, made it onto the Toronto slam team. And this is all within about a year and a half, two years, somewhere in there, I had my surgery and removed the tumor. And then I just kind of dove into slam and started sharing my work. And then it was when explaining to my depression to my mother, we were at a slam tournament in Oakland, the nationals there, the national poetry slam, and we made it to the semifinals. And that was my poem for the semifinals. And it ended up being filmed, ended up being what it was, which was my panic attack. And then it made it onto the internet a couple months later. 
And I remember when they asked me, they were like, can we have the permission to do this? And I was like, I don't really remember performing it. So if you think it was okay, sure. And that's how that happened. And then that ended up going viral, uh, which ended up in depression and other magic tricks, which has brought us to I Love You, Call Me Back, which is just a wild ride. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And are you still doing the slams and all of that? I'm when- not. I mean, COVID has made I, right, that yeah. impossible in the first place, but I also didn't really enjoy competing. It felt weird for me to like put things on display in that, like, and then get a score. And it just wasn't really, yeah, it just wasn't my vibe. I wasn't like particularly good at slam. My poems were always a little bit softer than what needs to be, I think, like a, a 10 out of 10 poem. I don't know how to explain that better. So yeah, I think for me, having the opportunity to perform and read and not be judged for it or like be judged, but in the regular way <laughs> that yeah. judge you is a little bit more comfortable for me. Yeah. Not an actual score, yes. you know, just <laughs> public opinion. <laughs> Love it. So how does it feel? Like, I know there's it's just to be a poet in today's world, right? I mean, it's harder. And people talk about like, will poetry collections sell? And, you know, there are all these like barriers to poets and poetry and all of that. What do you like? How do you get past that? Do you think about it? Are you just like, whatever, it's my art, whatever? I think the right answer to this question for me, and it's like, uh, it's kind of silly, but I think we have to thank Rupi Kaur at the end of the day because she has just like, really made poetry kind of hot again and a little, well, maybe not hot, but you know what I mean, like accessible and approachable and easier to get into. And I think if it weren't for that little resurgence that she kind of helmed, which not alone, obviously there's many poets in this world that we can thank modern poets for doing what they're doing. But I think that there's definitely, yeah, footsteps that have been like made that poetry is now something that I think people are not afraid to listen to or maybe not afraid, but a little bit more interested than before, a little bit more open to it. So 
I'm grateful for that, to be honest with you. I'm grateful for that resurgence that we've had in the last couple of years. But also, I think it's just a matter of like being who you are until people figure it out. I think that's all you can do is just like figure out who you are and then be yourself <laughs> until people are like, oh, that's who you are. Cool. Or not cool. And they don't want to read your book. And that's fine, too. You know what I mean? I think just coming to that level of acceptance, it's like, what you have to do as a person. And I've done that better with my art than I have as a person, if that makes sense. I wonder though, if, you know, cause I, I didn't used to read that much poetry, but for this podcast, I've really, I've read a whole bunch of poetry and I'm into it. And I think it's, it sort of dovetails with my attention span sometimes, like the shorter bits and pieces are great to digest. And like, you can read the whole book in relatively no time and feel like you've actually submerge yourself in someone else's life the way that sometimes an entire memoir might take. Mm -hmm. This is like the, it's like the cliff notes of a memoir, sort of the, like the express version of ingesting all that feeling. And I, I don't know, I just wonder with all the, all these young people today, you know, having an attention span of seven seconds, if maybe poetry is going to be back and have like a major resurgence among a younger generation when they realize that like, you still get literature, but it's this quick. I don't know. I feel like it, it. maybe it's coming back in a big way. Yeah, I really love that about reading a poetry book is that you can put it down. Like there's spots that allow you to put it down and like reflect on what you've read or you can just power through it and kind of have an afternoon with it. And it's very easy to kind of dissect in that way, like where you're like, okay, I'm going to stop here. And it's not I don't have to finish a chapter before I stop or anything like that. So I really like poetry books for that. And they, they do feel like, like the, the hot spot of a person, you know, like that, like emotional yeah. hot center where you're like, Ooh, I'm diving right into that. That's yeah. Um, it's like this whole, forget the small talk world that we're living in. Right. Yeah. Just like get right into it. Let's just get into it now. <laughs> exactly. So are you working on another collection now or what What are you up to? I am. I am working on a third collection. I'm very excited about it, to be honest. And I'm also working on a few other small projects around that we'll see. We'll see what happens. They're a little bit like in that test phase where you're like, let's just film some stuff and see what we can do <laughs> if it comes out good or not. So we're playing around with that. But mostly I'm just focusing on writing collection number three. Yeah. Awesome. That's exciting. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? Ooh, my favorite advice, and I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately, so it must be something I need because the universe <laughs> keeps having me repeat it to myself. But I keep saying it, you have to want something more than you fear it. It's just like some great advice I've been given and I take it into my work so much. It's like, if you want to take that risk, you just take that risk. Like you can't be afraid to do it. If you want to write about that thing, you have to just write about that thing. Like there's no fear that can happen in there and the fear or the fear has to be something that motivates you and not holds you back. And I think that's really what writing is about. It's like untangling all the fear inside you so you can like express freely. I love it. Untangled. That's great. What do you like to read by the way? Ooh, I read a lot of poetry, but I've been diving back into fiction lately. So I'm into this novel ghosts by Dolly Alderton, which I'm... Oh my gosh, I'm reading that. Get out. Okay, me too. Yeah. I'm loving it. No, I'm interviewing her tomorrow, oh. I think. No, I have it right here. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. 
Yeah. Are you loving it? I'm loving it so far. I'm loving it. She's so funny. I laughed out loud like five times in the first chapter or something. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. So great. And I just, yeah, it feels really relatable as an early 30 something. So I'm quite enjoying it. That's yeah. It's like the new Bridget Jones. I feel like a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I totally see that. Yeah. She's so funny. Just the way she sees the world and yeah, it's great getting into that. I think everybody's British has like such a great sense of humor. I have to say everything said in London, any book in London, I'm pretty sold on that fact alone. <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's so I've been really enjoying that as a dive back into fiction. Awesome. Yeah, me too. Funny. Awesome. All right. Well, Sabrina, thank you. This has been so fun. Did I miss anything? Is there anything about your book or experience I feel like I didn't tap into? I'm trying to think. I don't think so other than just like my mom is the best and writing about her is a pleasure and writing about everything is really a pleasure. But poetry, I want to thank you for this because poetry, like you said, it it can have that like little side eye to it at the entry point. And so I'm so glad that you're reading it and like enjoying it and having me on to talk about it because that just like makes me so happy inside. Oh, Awesome. Well, it's my pleasure. And I really enjoyed reading it. And I love the colors. I mean, I just, the oh, whole thing how is beautiful like, is the book, right? Right? <laughs> I, how beautiful I love it. I love these colors. And this whole, yeah, it's just so cool. I actually think my copy just arrived downstairs because there's for me. So I'm so excited. Oh, yay, yay, yay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I hope your mom stays okay. And, you know, I'll be just sort of following along now with your career. I'm really excited. So So much. Okay. All right. Take care. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.